This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser from Bloomberg Radio. So, as I mentioned, we kicked off our broadcast today uh, saying we had a theme adversity. Adversity because of COVID, adversity because of division politically, economically, because of the pandemic. We want to talk about that and how leaders have to manage through it, especially when their existence kind of depends on it. We're talking particularly about corporate leaders. So joining us once again is Michael Ainsley. He's former chairman of Lehman Brothers, former chairman, president and CEO of Sotheby's. His memoir came out just about a year ago. It's called The Nose for Trouble and was written about the corporate crossroads and challenges that he faced. Michael with us, back with us. He's on the phone in Florida. Also with us, Howard Anderson, who founded the Yankee Group, which was sold to Reuters. He's co-founder of Battery Venture Capital. He's invested in hundreds of high-tech companies. He's professor and senior lecturer at Brown University and teaches a class on managing through adversity, really timely. He is on the phone from Vermont. And the two of them, by the way, classmates at Harvard Business School. Delighted uh, to have you both. I've got to say, I already know I'm not going to have enough time with the two of you, but um, looking forward to it because, as I said, a very timely. So let's get to it. Professor Anderson, let me start with you. Your class is about managing through adversity, and safe to say we've got a lot of that going on in our world right now. You look at it, though, as like when a company is facing something that really threatens its very existence. Um, Tell us more about what you delve into in your course and how you think about it, the context of today's world. Boy, do we have adversity now. (laughs) Adversity, the way I think about it, it's not just missing a little quarterly numbers or somebody cooking the books in Japan this week or a product that has to be recalled. It's something so fundamental. Um, For example, uh, 9-11 was a terrible thing for all of us. One of the companies that we had invested in was a company called Akamai. Mm-hmm. And not only did the world stop, but the founder was on one of the planes that augured in. Mm-hmm. So not only did they lose their business for a while, and it was a startup that was worth several billion dollars, the customers stopped buying. FBI and CAI needed them to continue what they're doing, and at the same time, the whole company was an enormous mourning. That's adversity. Right. It's something on a whole other level. Well, Michael, come on in on it because, right, like you understand, you know, whether or not that company can go forward for so many different reasons. When you look at what's going on in kind of our environment right now, politically, uh, business-wise, in terms of the threats that the pandemic has created for for some businesses or, or the stresses and strains, how do you see it and how do you see adversity kind of in today's environment? Thanks, Carol. It's great to be back with you. Great to have you. It seems, seems like uh, since I first talked with you a year ago that uh, we've been in adversity yeah. uh, on steroids ever since. Uh, yeah. I hope I'm not due to that. But uh, I think the, uh, the, the key uh, early, the, 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 the key decision maker has to be honest and direct and open very quickly, very early. A timely response to a crisis is critical. And you look at that, uh, I think some of the responses in the political environment right now of CEOs making decisions about political support, uh, these are things that have to be made overnight, literally in uh, in, an immediate uh, time frame. Well, that's a really good thing, because we've seen companies really step up quickly, although some would argue, you know, 
you know, what changed, and obviously we know what changed, it's what happened that first week of January, but it is the time frame, um, Howard, let me bring you back into this, is that the, the time frame that people are making decisions, especially when, as you say, they're facing adversity, there's just, they don't have the time like they had before. Sometimes that's true, Carol, but not always. Mm. Let's take a look at Kodak for a moment. Mm-hmm. Kodak owned the film market. 98% of the amateur film market was theirs. And they kept hiring chemical engineers because Kodak was, at its essence, a chemical company until these crazy things called semiconductors came in. And then you needed electrical and electronic engineers. It took five to eight years, but they went from a nifty-fifty company, as Wall Street would describe them, to bankrupt. So that was five or six years but they never really caught the change, and they kept doing the same thing again and again, and the world was a different place. So who won that game? Well, you could make an argument Apple did, and Kodak becomes an afterthought. Michael, I want to ask you, or, or let me actually, Howard, let me start with you. If you were teaching a class, or you are teaching, and you want to use what you do about managing through adversity and apply it to, let's start with social media, what would you say, and I don't know whether yeah. their existence is at risk, but I do feel like there's some really big questions when it comes to social media and their influence and power right now. You know, one of the things is that every company hits adversity sooner or later. Uh, in terms of uh, some of those companies, it's come a little bit later. But think about the relationship between the government adversity that we talked about and COVID. One, we played with things that weren't true. We had a charismatic leader, and he went too fast and not fast enough at the same time. So social media makes everything go faster. It used to be if you had a problem with a product, you told your neighbor and maybe your relatives. Mm -hmm. Now you can write a a message on a social network, and 10,000 people know it the next morning. Right. It's pretty powerful. Well, so Michael, how do you see it in terms of social media and kind of how they manage through some of the adversity and special, especially coming off of what happened that first week of January and, you know, the breaching of the Capitol and the use of social media, um, whether it's used by the president or others to really kind of band together. Well, Carol, I think the uh, heads of, of those companies made some very smart and quick decisions to eliminate uh, access to their platforms. Uh, there was a real threat to the existence of our democracy, and and uh, it would uh, I can't imagine what tomorrow would be like with this inauguration had they not taken down many of those uh, individuals. Uh, not just the president, but many others, uh, many QAnons and others. Uh, so I think they made quick and wise decisions. Uh, do I think they're in trouble with uh, with terms of regulation or breakups? Yes, I think mm. there is there is an excessive amount of of power and control there, and I think there's uh, they need to be thinking about how they how they navigate that uh, 
that process because it to me it uh, it's it's not only likely it's probably in the public interest from my point of view. Professor Anderson, how do you think that those social media companies have been able to kind of skirt adversity for so long? Because it you know they've been around for a while now. Um, I mean, not as long as maybe a company like Kodak where they had established themselves. But I do wonder how they've been able to do it. Is it a case of regulators not being able to kind of keep up with what they're doing? Carol, it goes back to AT and T. If you mm-hmm. want to know. When AT&T got started, people would sue them because someone said something bad on the phone. And they went to the regulators and they said, look, we're just a pipeline here. We don't have uh, any specific thing to say. No, no. That's okay. We're live, though. (laughs) Go ahead. Carol, I've I got to help my wife right now. The car just went off the road. We have a lot of snow up here. Oh, no, please, of course. Please, please, please. Okay. Go take care Michael, of your wife. you're in good hands. No, 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 All please. Right. I, hope every, I hope everything's okay. No. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I hope everything's okay. Real-life real adversity. Uh, you know, this is kind of what the last, I feel like, 12 months have been like, um, unfortunately. So, Michael, you know, Carol, uh, something I've been thinking about is yeah. how does uh, President Biden uh, come in and and handle this COVID crisis. Uh, I have a lot of family and friends in the state of North Carolina, mm-hmm. and the governor, Governor Cooper there, has been a, an exemplary leader in this crisis. He has been on the, on the TV daily. He's had clear and, and uh, very timely responses, scientifically-based responses, and the, gover- and the, uh, the state of North Carolina has done a very good job of managing through this crisis. He's a role model that I hope Biden will look to. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I was going to ask you, listen, Michael, you and I have talked, and I know when Jason was here, we would talk around, you know, a lot of different big macro issues, whether it was racism, division, you know, deep gaps in our society. And I do think, I wonder how, you know, we're talking about adversity, and I feel like there is so much adversity right now in in our government uh, to the point where, you know, how many conversations have we all had over the last couple of weeks about, you know, is our democracy safe? Will it make it? So, you know, we talk about a company being at risk in terms of its existence. And I do feel like that's what the kind of conversations we've been having. How do we manage through the adversity that we're seeing on the political front in your view? Can we, in your view? Because I feel like there's still an awful lot of division there. There's clearly a huge amount of division. Um, I'm really glad that Joe Biden is our new president. I think he's he brings a moderation, a sense of of, uh, of optimism, and a uh, and a willingness to talk and to listen. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to, you know, we cannot let the uh, uh, the extremes of either party take control or else we uh, we probably don't have a big a bright future so i hope that uh that uh president biden will will uh, listen to the moderates in his party uh will not go extreme in terms of a lot of things that uh were talked about during the campaign uh and will uh, begin to, to to bring back uh you know one of the things i'm encouraged about is that uh mitch mcconnell has 
has started talking uh, about mm-hmm. the mistakes that were made last week. He's been very critical of President Trump this week and as, as recently as the last couple of hours. Right. Uh, and, and that is a form of honesty that I think is very positive. Yeah, honesty would be a good thing and transparency uh, on all of this. Michael, thank you so much. And I'm sure you'll talk with Howard and, and I do hope everything uh, works out okay and that his wife's okay. Uh, Michael Ainsley, thank you so much. Former Chairman of Lehman, former Chairman, President and CEO of Sotheby's. And he was joined by Howard Anderson over at Brown University.